This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. All right, so my guest today is Jeremy McClellan. Jeremy is a friend of mine and he is a working comedian. In other words, uh, he works and he also does comedy, right? I thought yeah. I thought that'd be a good way to start. Was sure, that a good yeah. joke? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I, I'm a little insecure about saying anything <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. Jeremy, give me a little bit just of your personal bio, your sort of basic, you know, life story, what, what, uh, where you come from and, and uh, what you're all about. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, my name is Jeremy. I, I grew up in the South and um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I started doing comedy about two years ago and uh, really got into it because I was trying to find an outlet for explaining uh, what I thought about things. And I was really like mad <laughs> about things and like just trying to find some sort of outlet. And it really, I mean, that like, it really helped just uh, bring me down to earth. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like uh, that almost, that almost sound like a, like a AA sort sure. of confession that you just made, like totally like therapeutic comedy. Now for, I got, I actually should say I undersold you in the intro. You are hilarious. I've seen one of your shows. Uh, you've won several awards here in Charleston right. at, at various comedy things. So yeah. I don't want to undersell you to our listeners. Um, but I'm really fascinated with the fact that you are relatively new to this. I mean, you've only been doing comedy for a couple years and, right. um, you know, that, that from at least where I'm sitting, you're doing very well. What, yeah, sure. what prompted you to get started? So you said you were angry and you, yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I, I went through like a, you know, a period of depression and, uh, was very lonely and very like, but I was always really, really smart and very, uh, you know, um, opinion, opinionated, beautiful, you know, um, charismatic. No, I was another things, but I mean, I was very, uh, very, I was trying to find uh, some way to um, make sense of it, you know, mm. and I, I, I didn't want to do it in a way that would make me a worse person. <laughs> I guess I, I guess you could say because there's lots of ways that you can, uh, you know, make sense of uh, your, you know, um, your depression or your uh, your life or whatever in, in a way that will make you an awful person. But I, I wanted to do it in a way that would engage me with people and help me explain and make sense of what I was going through and also like just, you know, different opinions I had and, um, you know, comedy. So basically, um, I was going to the Tin Roof, uh, there's a bar in Charleston that has comedy there and became friends with a guy named Jason Gross and Jason, uh, got me started doing comedy. And so I started doing it and I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, I, I, uh, I crank out uh, a lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of material, and uh, as far you know, compared to um, a lot of people, and uh, it's like that part's easy for me, you know. But the part of um, engaging audiences and stuff, I've had to learn. So um, has it worked? I mean, has doing comedy been an effective outlet? To oh yeah, you? definitely process yeah. okay okay so yeah. it's 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 gotten to the point where um if i am experiencing anything or if something's in the news like i already know um or i already have a way of thinking 
Like I've developed a way of thinking and a way of processing stuff. That so you see it as material for jokes immediately now? No, no well, not necessarily jokes. I mean, like there's, uh, <laughs> but because like bits, you know, bits aren't just like. Okay, tell me the difference between a bit and a joke. So I mean, like a joke is just uh, like a setup punchline, you know. Yep. And um, but a bit and like, I mean, that like my, my like only a part of my thinking is really like comedy um where like something will happen that's either horrible or um you know sad or confusing and comedy helps you you know if you if you become good at comedy if you become good at processing it into you know a way that makes fun of the absurdity of it and or makes points that you want to make or you know just like I mean, all, all of that helps you process it. And so you don't go crazy. I mean, because otherwise you will, I mean, or at least I will. Um, <laughs> well, you know. Okay. So I know a lot of people who are interested, or at least they say they're interested in comedy yeah. and doing stand up, and, but they kind of have this feeling like, okay, I'm just a guy or a girl. I'm 27. I work at a whatever insurance company yeah. or something. Um, and like I'm kind of not allowed to do, it's like you almost feel like you ha need to have permission to do something like that. Well, that's for like people who really specialize in that. And it, I think it's kind of scary. What, what was it like doing your first show and how did you get over that? Like, was it nerve wracking? Was it a little it was scary? Pretty, it was pretty nerve wracking. Uh, mainly cause I mean, I was, uh, I, I, my first show was, uh, about a month into doing, um, stand up at open mics. So I got picked up pretty quickly by a guy named Dusty Slay, uh, who's great. He's on Last Coming Standing this season, um, and he's a good friend of mine. And uh, he he put me in a show, and uh, it was just I was doing five minutes at the beginning, and uh, it worked out pretty well. And what, what prompted you even before that? So you had the first step was to go do an open mic night. Sure, and so that was just you know I I uh, like my. I, well, I had been going and seeing comedy and I didn't necessarily like it. Okay. <laughs> so I've been, I've been going, satisfaction I, I, I had been going to an open mic and I didn't really, you know, you know, I, I had my friends who I thought were funny, but I had, you know, I listened to a lot of other people and I was like, well, I could, you know, I could do this. This is not, you know, and, um, I think you don't, I mean, you don't need permission and like, it's, it's just like, it's, it's like everything that, you know, you and I talk about i mean but it's it's people who you know they start doing comedy and uh then once they get good at it then they they invent a lot of times they invent a fake explanation for how they got started <laughs> yes. and then and th because they're trying to you know we might say erect barriers to entry into the profession so like but people get started and it's always messy and it's always just like, uh, you know, you don't even know what to think and you shouldn't even really try to like, uh, analyze what you're doing. Um, you know, until, you know, a, a while, you know, a while, because I mean, all the stuff you do at the beginning is gonna be garbage right. and that's fine. And like, you're trying to find the way that you do it. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting you, that you said, um, one of the things that that got you to get started was going and seeing 
not so much the realization, oh my gosh, I'm so funny, but the realization, oh my gosh, the competition isn't all that stiff. Yeah, and well, <laughs> and like, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, like, I've, I've always been funny, and, uh, but I've always had um, a much more, uh, like, I mean, one, one bad thing, and like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but basically, I started doing comedy, and I would take an opinion that I had, and then I would try to make it funny as well. <laughs> and uh, because I was like, you know, I mean, basically, like, I mean, it was like I, I had a New Year's resolution uh, that I was going to not post anything on Facebook unless it was also funny. Like, because I was just getting mad. That, that is a great resolution. Yeah. And and it, it that led to me like, OK, I can I can post something about immigration, but it has to be funny as well. And so I had to find something in it. And because I realized, like, I was just making people mad. I didn't have any friends. <laughs> and, like, you know, I mean, I had friends, but, like, not that none that would care to really, you know, uh, spend time talking to me. And because I would just get mad. And, like, that, I mean, that just, then you, st I, like, I started getting good at that. And now, I mean, I can have conversations that are funny with people who I disagree with. I mean, um, it's, it's an amazing. It's, no, it's it's an amazing communication tool, and, and I think it's really interesting that you almost kind of deliberately set out to use comedy as a way to kind of like 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 settle your own uh, calm your own tendencies to get into oh, yeah. fights and all that. that. That's that's actually that's actually really um, that's yeah, really really cool. Because and the best way to do that is by um, surrounding yourself with people whether on, I mean, whether in real life or in social media who are, who are funnier than you, I mean, who are, who you think are really funny and who you want, who, who you think are smarter than you, you know? And, uh, there's like sort of going back to people who, when they first start doing comedy, they will, a lot of times, uh, they'll, like, they'll have a giant thing in their head, you know, where they want to, uh, like, like they have to be good and, um, they have to be good as the people who several years ago were right where they are. And, you know, they'll, but you don't get there. It's a process and you have to find out how you, how you write jokes, you know, you have to be pretty, um, emotionally, psychologically tough, I imagine, because I've seen a lot of, you know, I haven't seen a lot of, I guess it's all relative, but I've seen a fair amount of stand up comedy that like clearly is just not working with the audience yeah, and, there, and right. there's nothing worse. I've, I've never done comedy, but I've done just giving talks and there's nothing right. worse when you know your talk is not really doing anything from the oh, audience yeah. and you yeah. still have to finish. Like what, what, what is that like when you're just, you know, it's not working. How do you, how do you push through and not hold on, not consider your, not like beat yourself up over that? Yeah. Well, I've never had that problem. And, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it sucks. And, uh, like it should suck and it should cause you to suffer. Um, like that should be a thing that hurts you. Like, I mean, the worst thing that you can do is, uh, you know, be like somebody who, um, will go up there and bomb. And then afterwards you're like, nailed it. <laughs> like that's, that's death. I mean, that's, and I know people like that. And they're never going to get better, like, because you have to feel some sort of suffering in, in knowing that you didn't do good. And, like, you have to 
you know, have feedback. And, like, I mean, I, I think that uh, people a lot of times are afraid of feedback and um, they get mad when people criticize them or when people don't think they're funny or when, um, you know, if, if, if they meet someone funnier, they get, you know, envious. And I think all those things are just, just like death to, you know, getting better. And one thing I've, I've really tried to do is just surround myself with interesting people who I think are funnier than me. Um, are you by personality, like, are you, a an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Have you always been kind of the, the life of the room or the, the funny no, 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 guy? No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely very introverted. Um, I thought I, so. Yeah. I mean, I can, uh, if someone, if, I don't know, like, is there, I'll, I'll come alive talking to people, but I mean, I have a joke. It's just like, you know, people always ask me, uh, or, you know, refer to me as an introvert. And I'm like, is there, like, what's a nice way to say that I'm not introverted? I just think you're boring. <laughs> like, it's, it's really, I really think that, like, because, like, a lot of times I'll, I'll be in, uh, you know, rooms or whatever, and I don't know how to respond to people, and I'm just, like, in my own head. I'm in my head a lot, and I will talk to, you know, and if somebody comes and engages me with something that I think is interesting, I'll come alive and I'll talk for hours, you know? But if, you know, I, I can't do small talk and I can't, uh, you know, um, I can't talk about things that I don't really care about. It's just really, you know, it just sucks. But and I wish I could wish I could fake it better, but I can't. And but uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I would I would definitely say I'm an introvert is uh is it most, a, most comedians that I know are introverts? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. If that the, was the vast, vast majority of comedians that I know are introverts. Did, was the the when you started doing open mics and your first shows was like just the act of getting up on stage in front of people, regardless of the content and if, if it went overall, was that a challenge or does it just feel different than like just going and making small talk in a it's, in a crowd? It's different. Um, I mean, I I still get nervous on stage and stuff, and that's not really, but I. It's definitely, definitely a um, a very different thing because, uh, yeah, I, I can perform on stage, and I mean, I've I've always done drama and stuff, and I can do that, um, but I can't uh, do. Um, I mean, and and so being being in front of people and talking is fine, um, as long as like I'm. I mean, it's sort of like my dream is just to be able to go on <laughs> and talk without being interrupted. Like, and the bad thing is I try to do that when I talk to people and that's not how you, that's not how you have conversations. <laughs> I, I, I find myself loving the microphone because I grew up in a family where all of us just constantly interrupt each other. We're all very, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and none of us are sort of aware of it. We kind of like, you know, make it a very, uh, conversationally combative environment. So right. it's like, yes, finally. Um, so what do you do? Like, well, actually let me, let me back up because you've mentioned sure. a couple times, uh, being around interesting people or people that you find oh, yeah. funny, who are some of the, comedians that you follow that you, I don't know, do you, do you watch other comics and sort of study what they do to learn? Or do you just, do you follow the comedy scene quite a bit? Who are, who are some of the people that you consider influential? I mean, I, I, as far as like famous comedians, I find very influential would be like, you know, Hannibal Burris, 
um, is and Paula Tompkins, Todd Berry, uh, Mike Birbiglia. Um, I mean, I just love them. Uh, and like, and of course, like Louis C.K. I mean, those are like the giants who like I, I, I look to and I, you know, watch a lot. But, you know, it's weird. Like, um, in, in, in terms of my own voice, I have there's people who are just like really, really weird who are like my Facebook friends who have such a, a, a strange sense of humor, um, like that, you know, comment on all my stuff and everything. And those people, like I get, I've learned more from them than from, you know, watching other comics. But I mean, you know, it's, I mean, and like in town, there's comics who I love, who, you know, like Jason Gross, Tim Heckle, like one of my favorite comics in town is, is Tim Heckle. And I can't even describe his comedy because it's just like, it's just an experience. Um, but, uh, and there's, I mean, there's tons of comics that, I mean, I'm doing a show Saturday night at Tin Roof, uh, not at Tin Roof, at Theater 99, um, with Tim Heckle and a guy named Andy Ryder, who's also really weird. And uh, we're doing a show there at 10 p.m. And it's going to be awesome. And I just love it. I mean, I love, uh, like, it's, it's never, people, I think, get threatened a lot, you know, and, uh, I mean, like, it's sort of like a version of comparative advantage, but, like, it's always good news if you meet someone better than you. Yeah. Like, at something. Yeah. And, but your lizard brain kicks in, and you're like, if this guy is funnier than me, then it means it's bad. Like, it means, like, it's bad news. Like, he's going to take my land or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't buy most in evolutionary psychology, but there is that, I think, that, like, really matters. Yeah. Where you have to overcome that. You have to, like, expose yourself to people who are really funny, who are better than you at what you do, and just, like, you know, like, I mean, I've learned so much just interacting with people who don't think like me and who are, be who are better than me and who don't like me. And not, yeah, the, and not being... People who, who not shit, being, on, shit on me, like on Facebook and stuff. I've learned so much from them. Yeah. And, not, not being threatened by right those people and, and having, I don't know, sort of like a, a paradigm of plenty, not, not feeling like there's a fixed amount of funny. And if somebody has got a lot of it, that must yes, mean there's right. like, you know, less left over for me. Right. If a comic gets a gig, right. Then that means that I didn't get that, you know? Yeah. Like no one, no one's ever like, yeah, I opened for Louis CK this weekend and he did a lot better than me. It sucked. <laughs> no one thinks that, but they do think that on the small scale, like when it comes to like people your own level getting opportunities or whatever. I mean, like, like my one of my really good friends who like got me started in comedy, Dusty Slay. He's hilarious and he's doing he's on Last Comic Standing this weekend or this uh, this season, and he's hilarious and I'm really happy for him. And like, if I were just I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him as a friend. And because I think he's really funny and like, that's full stop. However, like I also know him and like, I hope he does well. Right. Mm. And so like you, you should hope that the people who know you do well. Yeah. I've, I always sort of have this test where if there's any scenario in which I can imagine someone doing really well for themselves and being really happy and that would make me unhappy then right. there's like probably something wrong with me that I need to work Definitely. on. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, and it's so hard to get over. Yeah. But okay. So I want to ask you about, uh, 
social media. Mm-hmm. So I, I first met you through Facebook and sure. there was a point, Jeremy, where you probably were like almost the only thing that kept me on Facebook. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because nice, yeah. you know the constant like news stories and political stuff, it just like it's draining. It's not interesting to me. Yeah, the format is whatever you want to make of it. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like when people complain about Reddit. You know, like I mean, Reddit is a, is a cesspool of the worst parts of of you know the world. <laughs> but you don't have to subscribe to those subreddits. Well, and so it's like you can you can make you can make whatever you want to. What what and is like, your so so before you started in comedy, did you yeah. have a big Facebook presence no, and a lot no, of friends? No, or, no, no, no. And has that been a deliberate strategy? Like, okay, I've got to kill it Goodness, on social no, like, media. Do you know Do you know what Time Hop is? It, well, yeah, because I see you post like snapshots yeah, of it's, things it's that like you post. It's like an app that okay. shows you what what you did one year ago exactly, and then two, like two years ago and three years ago, and there's a giant drop off, like. Between two years ago, I've been doing comedy two and like a little bit more years. And so at two years ago, I had just started writing jokes, but they were okay. And I was writing creative stuff and like serious stuff and whatever, but it was like creative writing. And then at three years ago, it was garbage. Like there's a, it was a giant and like no one liked it. It was not like, and so no, I I didn't, I didn't get uh, a, um, like my following was, uh, definitely grew because of doing comedy. And so, I mean, what, what I was amazed by when I, I went and saw you at this, at this competition here, um, yeah. and you had, I mean, the house was just packed full of clearly Jeremy McClellan fans. Well, I don't and, know. I mean, I, I always had like, I mean, I mean, I've seen you on Facebook too. You get, you have tremendous Right. play and and you're constantly i mean daily you're putting out you know really funny stuff uh on facebook you know usually several times a day and it's 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 really amazing like you you've built a really powerful following and i saw how that definitely reinforced you know your um when you go and do a, a live show and i'm sure it happens vice versa and i just think in terms of you know on the on the local level certainly and yeah. probably wider than that you really seem to have harness that i mean is that is that a deliberate like strategy that you have have you tested different things to see what gets a lot of traction no i just i mean i my approach to uh social media or whatever is just to be as open as possible and i write a lot i mean i write like my i i come up with stuff a lot and i'll just put it all out there and my strategy is to do that and then and have it be public so that people can share it and then ban people if they just are crappy people. <laughs> like I don't have like, like, a, like, a, like a lot of people have their stuff set so that only their friends can see it and they'll let friends in. But I'm just like, anyone can see it and then I'll ban you. Like, and so like I, my attitude is just to put everything out there and I come up with, I mean, in Charleston, we have a pretty good comedy scene, but frankly, there's like, you know, there's a few, uh, there's a few open mics, there's a few shows a week, you know, and I, I get put on them and that's great, but I come up with a lot more than, uh, like a lot more stuff than that can handle. I mean, I get five minutes at an open mic and I'll do the, I'll do five minutes, but like, I have just so much stuff that I'll just put it all out there. Mm -hmm. And so, 
and, and you found that like you you don't fear like do some comics not want to put their stuff out there because then they feel like people won't want to come see them or something yeah that's i mean that's part of it yeah. um but i mean like the stuff that i do i mean most the vast majority of the stuff that i do on stage is 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 not stuff that i have put on facebook because it's not stuff that would work on facebook yeah yeah i mean it's it's not like tight jokes or like bizarre um uh like creative writing like it's like you know there's crowd work and there's stuff that like wouldn't make sense really. yeah in the no. sequence of multiple yeah. stories. That, well, well, so just in terms of writing, so you said you have just like a, a prodigious amount of material right. that you're writing all the time. I'm always fascinated by, you know, people who do a lot of any kind of creative work and th- the question of, did you feel at one point, like when you first got started, getting a lot of material was hard? Like, has it become easier? Just Does material just flow like crazy or do you ever get to points where you're like, I'm running out of stuff? How does no, that work? I, I, I mean, I wish I did. I feel like I'm kind of an asshole, uh, like saying this, but like, I really don't run out and I just constantly am like, and it's, it's exhausting because my, I mean, my, like my brain's on full fire all the time thinking of stuff, but which is nice, but like, it's, uh, the, like the danger in that is that like, then I don't, I move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I move on to the next thing and I don't actually like focus and make the stuff that I do have like really, 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 really good. And so that's like my main challenge at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean like as far as thinking of new stuff, it's not, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be, <laughs> I'm just being honest. No, no. You know, and yeah. I think, I think a part of that too is at least in my experience, you can tell me if it's different for you that creativity begets creativity. So yeah, once you like, start doing it, like, like, you know, I, I blog every day and it used to be so hard. Like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to think of something to blog every day? And now it's the point where like, I've got a million drafts and outlines and ideas. There's just always, the more you start doing it, it's like that part of your brain becomes activated and shortage of material is not the problem. Once you start disciplining the the creativity. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's not, um, like, and part, part of it is that like, uh, the rule that I have, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a creative person. I'm constantly creating, you know, material and a lot of it's not funny, but it's still creative. Um, and I have to figure out which parts of it are, um, are funny and which parts of it will actually work on stage. And, uh, so, I mean, there's lots of stuff that I write that's, you know, from my perspective as like a Christian or, you know, my perspective is like being, I don't even know where I am politically. It's like some combination of libertarian and being on the left. But like, you know, writing stuff like that is, uh, is like, to me, creativity. And so I'm not, you know, w- when I think about what I should do for shows, I have to think about like, what part of it is comedy. But a lot of times I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be creative. And I'm going to write what I think. And to me, I mean, deep down, it's all one thing for me. It's all one project, and I don't know what that project is yet, but it is all one thing in my mind. And um, like to me, like comedy is not a separate thing from everything else. But uh, you know, but when I'm on stage, I have to be funny. So, do you think you have, you know, 
like if someone were to describe your comedy with with is there like a shtick is there like a theme or like a, I don't shtick probably isn't the right word but is there like a, oh this is Jeremy's thing he always kind of talks about x y and z or he has a really deadpan style of delivery or he tries to shock people or like is there some is there any unifying theme that you found or, or a way that your your style or your content you know uh, I don't know I mean I'm I'm a uh like um I don't know. I mean, I'm smart. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I would really have to just get everybody else to tell me what <laughs> like what that is. Yeah. I mean, because everything I say is going to be like, you know, self description is going to be. I mean, I don't know if I have a shtick. I mean, I'm 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 like, I'm smart. I uh, like I. Do you, Do you work in particular themes? So you, so when you started, it was like a way to reduce your your you know, getting angry and talking about, you know, whatever your, your right. various political or ideological views or, or things like that. Do you have certain topics that you tend to gravitate towards that work really well for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I gravitate towards, uh, anything controversial. I mean, um, and I think I handle it well, uh, without being shocking. Um, I gravitate towards, uh, talking about where the South is now and, uh, the, I guess my perspective as a, um, like a progressive Southern Christian, uh, who, um, is smart. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, yeah, like, but, but, but then like I spend time doing like weird, you know, thinking weird stuff. Like today I was thinking about, uh, like, you know, if I had a time machine, I, I wouldn't even use it. I would just, I would just like kill people I don't like. And then when the judge is like, why'd you kill him? I'd be like, well, I have a time machine and that guy I killed was going to become, you know, Zorfax, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> and I could just lie. And they'd be like, you can't argue with a man with a time machine. Like, he it's, gets to do whatever you want. It's the perfect like, so defense. I, I, right. I was like, and so you can they'd be like, well, he's got a time machine. He knows it's going to happen. We got to let him do whatever he wants. Just, you know, do it on do it on trash day so we can move the bodies and like, but so that's what I was thinking today. So that's not even, that's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so like, I mean, I don't know. Like, but a, a lot of my material has to do with the fact that I'm getting married. Um, the fact that my fiance and, and myself, I, I'm, you know, but, uh, I'm a feminist and I'm against police brutality. Uh, I, you know, I grew up, I was raised very conservative Christian and I'm still a Christian, but I'm not conservative. And like, I mean, these are all things that like all sort of come together um, in my mind. Uh, do do but, you have do you have like a like lines like this is I won't go there or I won't do this uh, in my comedy? Like I, I know I guess I, I've noticed sometimes, well, especially at the earlier stages, a lot of comics. It's either their style, but often I feel like it's not. It's just like, okay, if I, if nothing else works, I'll just say the most like offensive, shocking thing I can and hope that that works. Like, do you have sort of a, okay, I won't go there if I can't do it this way. Um, you know, I'm not good. Like, is there something that you like you wouldn't do or wouldn't say, you know, I mean, sh well, there's, the, there's no topic that I wouldn't talk about. Um, there's no, there's no topic I, I wouldn't do, you know, bits about, but I, I do think that, you know, comedy has to come from a place of uh, knowledge. 
And if you do comedy from a place of ignorance, then it shows, you know, like, I mean, I work my day job. I work with people who are mentally disabled and my um, like I'm an accountant for them. I, I manage their finances. I do all that stuff. And uh, I it's it's interesting to me that like people I'll hear jokes that cross the line. I mean, OK, I'll hear jokes about people with disabilities and um, I can tell in a in a in a few minutes whether the person telling the jokes is in that world, like is is uh, is familiar. Like, it, you know, I, I can tell if they probably have a family member who's mentally disabled, you know, mm-hmm. because there's there's nothing wrong with telling jokes that involve mental disability because those people are human and humans are funny. And like, you know, like you know, saying that it's off limits is, is, is ridiculous. However, I can also tell in a second if that person has no idea yeah. what they're talking about. And so um, if someone, uh, if you don't know anyone who's mentally disabled and you've never spent time with people who are mentally disabled, then your joke about someone with Down syndrome is going to suck. Like it's <laughs> going to be, it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be original. You're going to be relying on old cultural tropes that are have been beaten to death, you know, like, uh, and, um, it's going to be, it's, you know, it's going to be crap. And so like, um, if, but I mean, part like, so like in, in my mind, everything that I do, I don't do anything that I don't know anything about, you know, like if I don't know anything about something, I'm not going to like try to be, try to like act like I do. Um, cause it's going to, it's, it's going to come across as crappy. Um, and so I think that a lot of times when people, uh, like, I mean, as a country, I mean, as a culture, we don't have a shared sense of morality. I don't think, um, when we have basic intuitions that I think are good, but I don't think like we disagree profoundly on morality. And I think we keep trying to substitute stuff in there. So like, okay, we can't agree on what's right and wrong, but we can agree on what's offensive and what's not offensive. And so we try to substitute that for saying that something's right or wrong. Um, and I think that you can't, you can't avoid that. You can't afford, you, you can't avoid deeper discussions about, you know, um, right or wrong when you're talking about like comedy, but you know, there's, uh, so, I mean, the short answer is no, like yeah. there's that, the, I, I don't have a line, but, but you, wor- you work with what you know. I have personal lines that I don't, cross but they're not line they're not rules they're just rules for me where like uh you know if i don't know anything about something i'm not going to try yeah yeah unless i try to learn as much as possible you know so your process for prepping for a show so let's say let's say i say hey jeremy uh next week uh there's a show and i want you to do whatever five five or ten minutes whatever the sort of standard is let's say five minutes what's going to be your process once you find out about that show, um, prepping for it, p- deciding what material to use and what to leave out, do you do you stand in front of the mirror and recite it? I mean, how does the whole process go leading up to the up to the show? No, um, well, as far as uh, you know, if if you tell me I have I have five minutes to do, then I'm going to do my five minutes that like I just have a standard five minutes that I do, and I, I might change it a little bit to make it interesting to me, um, so it's not just stuff that I'm used to. Um, 
but, and depend, I mean, I might, so, add- so you've got like your comfortable go-to that like, if it's a new audience, you're going to, you're going to do this with yeah, some variation. I've got, on I've, got a, I've got a five, I got a 10, a 15, 20, 30. Nice. Now what like, if I specifically say it's gotta be some new material if you've seen this crowd several times? Sure. That's fine. I mean, so, I've, so how would you, how would you prepare for that? And like, what would you, do you start would, with a ton of ideas and whittle it down or how does that go? I mean, I, I would try to, uh, think of like the best joke that I have that would work really well. And then I would build on either side of it so that it seems coherent, huh. which you don't have to do. I mean, you, 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 you can have a disjointed set where you're just telling jokes. Um, but I, but I like to have my set make sense as a, as a unit. Um, because I, I think I'm at heart a writer and a, a person who just tries to do like creative writing a lot. And so I like it when like my set makes sense, um, as a, as a, as like a story or as a, um, like as a, like, you know, like there's a flow to it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to, but I like that. And do, do you write it all out long form or do you do like bullet points for yourself? No, I think, I think every joke that I have right now that like, is like my old trusty joke, you know, as, uh, I've written out at some point and then I just have it. I have, I, I, I've done it so much that I have it down. Just remember, like I know all the ins and outs of it so that I can say it differently and I'll, but I'll know why it's funny. Yeah. So I'll know when, you know, how, how to get that. Um, but as far as practicing, I'll, I, I talk to myself in the car. Um, I just drive and like talk to myself. I go on walks and talk to myself. Do you, do you ever laugh at your own jokes out loud? Out loud? Sure. Sure. I think, I think, I think I'm funny. So. <laughs> I hope so. So, yeah. so when you're on stage, are you one of these guys who's like, you, you know, your material really well and you kind of stick to it or do you sort of, um, how much do you kind of like ad lib and, and throw in stuff just on the fly? Like what, what you know, do you, which Depends on how much time I have? I mean, if I have, uh, if I'm headlining and I have like 30, 45 minutes, then I'll do, you know, I'll do, ad lib stuff and I'll I mean and I have bits where I will like set aside five minutes of it for crowd work. Okay. You know? So like, so give me give me give me an example of crowd work. I'm, okay, so what does that uh, mean? Yeah, so I'll give you my, my most recent example is I will um uh I'll ask people well so I have a I'm really interested in conspiracy theories. Like uh my dad's really really into them. Not he doesn't believe them necessarily, but like He's really, really into them. We have books growing up about conspiracy theories just because we thought it was so interesting. And uh, I just, I'm endlessly fascinated with them. And, um, but I, I, I'm, one thing I always think is interesting is that people will come up with conspiracy theories and they never agree with them. Like, like they're always like, a, it's, a lot of times it's like a way to lie about someone you don't like, you know? And so, like, now, whenever someone tries to talk to me about conspiracy theories, I'll agree with them about the conspiracy, but, like, I'll just support the conspiracy. Like, so I'll be like, you know, yeah, Obama is a secret Muslim, and I think that's probably wise of him to keep, to like, to keep that secret, because there's a lot of bigots out there, and, like, you know, and so, and then I'll, I'll ask people in the audience to say their favorite conspiracy theories, and then I'll come up, I'll come up on the spot with like a reason why I support them, you know, like, like the Illuminati or there are a bunch of bright people and I think they should be in charge, you know, things like that. Where, <laughs> and I'll just do that for like five minutes just or however long. 
and it's it's always different and I can do it and I've gotten pretty good and like you know I'm always excited when I get a different one that I haven't done before or that nobody's ever shot it out before you know so, so I imagine with stand up this isn't as much of a problem because everyone knows they're there at a comedy show but on Facebook I'm sure you have had because some some of your jokes on Facebook some of my favorite actually take or yeah. your, your bits I guess they take the form of basically just like a story that's a complete lie like frequently right, yeah. when, when someone famous yeah. has died you'll you'll give this heartfelt tale about how you met them one time and they yeah, told and, you something and, and <laughs> you know I'm, I'm really gonna miss them but the on on the bright side I get to make up stories about them. <laughs> right right have you do you ever have people because I, mean, I love maybe that. your I Facebook that. following is someone dies suddenly all my friends have stories about how he met them and I'm like I don't <laughs> know if that's true so I just go with like the sappiest you know, like stuff that you would forward, that yeah. your, aunt, your aunt would forward you. Well, well my favorite, you and I both have uh, like a, a cadre of kind of like economist and, and sort of young libertarian friends on Facebook. Okay. My favorite is um, somebody will die like a, an economist who I guarantee oh, yeah. most of these kids have, have never read. Right. They'll be like RIP, you know, everywhere. Right. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure you haven't read anything, whatever, but, um, right. Do you ever have people? Like, who, hey, it's, it's Hayek's birthday. It, yes, exactly. Like, everyone celebrate the one <laughs> quote they read from the road to serfdom. <laughs> oh man. Um, do you ever have people think that the things that you say are serious and be really concerned or get really angry? Like, do you have those misunderstandings ever on Facebook? You know, not as much as I used to. Um, but I mean, a lot of times I will, and it's just always funny to me. And it's it's never anyone that's really important. It's always like someone who, you know, because all my stuff's public. So like, yeah, it's always like you know you will like it, and then like your mom will like see it or something. I don't know, and be like, uh, like oh my gosh, this guy, his his sister was in a nuclear accident or something. Like I have one thing that I wrote a long time ago about <laughs> how. Like, uh, it was like, take your daughter to work day. And I was, my dad used to work at a nuclear, uh, on a nuclear submarine. So I joked about how he took our daughter there or took his daughter, my little sister there. And she started developing powers and stuff and ended up dying. And like, it was all a lie. I, I don't have a sister, but like, <laughs> I, I, but like several people were like, did you really have a sister? And I was like, yeah, but like, I mean, no, I didn't, but I'm like, and she also couldn't light trees on fire like at will. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, like, not as much anymore. And it's always funny when it happens, but um, it's, it's it's never caused me trouble at all. Okay, so so people, you know, a lot of people certainly in, in this town probably know that you're a comedian or whatever. Or if somebody is introduced, let's say you and your fiancé are somewhere and you're introduced and someone's like, oh, you do comedy? Do you, do you feel pressure? to like be funny and are people like, tell me a joke, say something funny. Yeah. No, I mean like, uh, I mean, yeah, they do that all the time. That <laughs> happens all the time and it's obnoxious, but it's something that you do. And, uh, that person's like a potential fan. So I, I just, I don't think of it as like a time to like tell them my material. Cause it's always going to go badly. Like if I launch into a bit, <laughs> like that's like a few minutes long, then it's going to go badly. And so I just, I just start asking them about what they're interested in. And then I just create a joke based on that. And I'll, I'll just do it right, you know, right in front of them based on something that they're interested in. And then I might have a bit, I mean, I, I might. And so that's like a cool thing 
that um, like, so, you know, what do you think is funny? What's an interesting thing that happened to you? And then I'll, I'll create a bit like with them. Um, and that's always much more fun uh, than like, Hey, so you ever see the commercial for Dixie furniture? You know? <laughs> and then like you do the bit and they're like, what are you doing? Cause it sounds different. You can't, yeah. Like it's a uh, a bit about um like a bit is going to be very very different than you know like uh something that's funny in person. Yeah. Yeah. So um what's what's your like give me give me best worst. Do you have a do you have a worst performance story or a best performance story or one of each? Um my best performance so far was uh I think um at the Ten Roof a couple weeks ago, I opened for a guy from New York named Derek Humphrey, and um, I did 15 minutes, and that was the best that I've uh, ever done, I think. And um, uh, worst, um, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, in, anytime I host like an open mic, uh, I don't know. I mean, last night I, I did five minutes at an open mic, and it did not, it did not go well. <laughs> I mean, at all, like the stuff I, I was trying out new stuff and it was messy. And do, um, do you usually know why it hasn't gone well or is it mysterious? Sometimes? Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's well, it's it's usually a combination of things, but I have to take all of that and put the responsibility on myself, like uh, just to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I mean, the truth is that it's a mix of like my material and the crowd and how big the crowd was and how many people were there. But, and like, you know, where I went in the lineup, but you can't, um, if I think about all that stuff then I won't get better, I just had to be like, it didn't go well cause I didn't do well. And so, and just, I, I guess, commit yourself to not letting that drag you down. What does like, like, do you have a goal with comedy? What what would sort of success look like, or, or where do you want to go with it? I mean, is this just something you're happy with the way you're doing it now? A couple of gigs, you know, a week, and, and you're doing it. No, as no, a, no, no. I, I want to. I want to do this professionally. I want to. So, so you want to be a professional stand-up comic, yes, or do you want I to want write to, uh, scripts? Because you said you're a writer. I like, know. I don't know. I, I could write. Uh, it would be. I mean, there's different scenarios, um, but uh, you know, doing um, stand-up comedy, touring for a living. Or uh, writing for you know a show um, on TV. Uh, what's, or... what's the is there like a common path for a comedian to get from say where you're at now? What would be the most likely or common sort of next steps to get you there? It just it just depends. I mean, you apply for festivals. You okay. Uh, you um, get you know um, you travel. Um, you contact bookers, uh, you apply for things. I mean, there's, there's really no one. There's no pattern probably these days with, you know, the ability yeah, to use no YouTube and Facebook and all these other distribution you mechanisms. Might get popular on Twitter and get, go from there to getting a job at, you know, uh, Colbert. Yeah. Or you might, or you do, might go on the Isaac Morehouse podcast and yeah. suddenly get picked up everywhere. That's why I'm, that's I'm hoping. Yeah. But yeah. now do you gig in other cities outside of Charleston sometimes? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I took a trip to New York, um, about a month ago and was there for 10 days and did a bunch of shows there and that went really well. And it was kind of funny. They were, uh, like, I don't have like a thick, thick, thick accent, but like there I did. <laughs> and 
so it was funny because they were all very very nervous uh like because i would start talking about something controversial but i would have a thick southern accent <laughs> and they were like this guy's gonna start you know <laughs> he's gonna go somewhere uncomfortable right, he's gonna yeah well or he's just gonna start like he this guy's a you know member of the clan or something i don't know they have they everybody's they're they're bigots. Have you have you found that? I mean, I'm I'm from the north. I'm from Michigan. Have you found that people are more nervous about, especially topics about race in the north than in the south? I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I, th- you know, I think that people up north are very nervous when a southerner starts talking. About <laughs> race. And they're like, "Uh oh, this guy's got an accent." Like you know, because they think want to say something horrible. But, but that's just I mean, that's what you know. Yeah. Know. The, okay, now I gotta ask you. We're we're getting short on time, and a couple more questions. Are you yeah. um, are you still running for mayor of Charleston? Yeah, I'm gonna win. Too. Okay, so uh, give us a quick rundown of what prompted you to uh, to run for mayor. What what is your campaign seeking to accomplish, and, and how have you progressed? Well, uh, the angel Gabriel appeared to me and told me that uh, Mayor Joe Riley needed a worthy successor. And so I, I decided to run for mayor and my, so my, it's basically the typical story that when a politician story, yeah. story that involves angel Gabriel. And, um, so my, my, my goal was to run Charleston like America runs America. So my goal would be to close the borders, uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, prevent anyone from, Mount Pleasant or North Charleston or, or you know, any, you know, anywhere outside of Charleston from getting in and competing for the jobs. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things I think, uh, I think we should do. Um, uh, I think we should ban alcohol is, is probably the main one. Um, that's, cause that, that's probably well, real, that's a real popular that's a gateway. I mean, marijuana is a gateway drug to alcohol. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of things you can, you, like, you can check it out on McClellan for mayor on Facebook. You getting good uh, good traction with your campaign? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna win, and there's no question about it. Okay, and I mean, I love I love I, following McClellan for mayor. One of the front runners, uh, John 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 Tecklenburg, is a big fan, and um, I might I might consider him as you know like an intern. Okay. <laughs> Once I win, I'll let him be an unpaid. Yeah, intern. is there like a vice mayor position? No, I guess intern I'll would just be. Let him, you know, and any anyone who wants to concede to me and support me. I might be able to hook up with an ambassadorship like to other things. Like like an ambassador to Mount Pleasant. Right. I talked to a friend of mine who's a campaign manager and he was like, you're allowed to promise things like quid pro quo, as long as they don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Like as far as campaign finance, grand vice Lord, I can promise whatever. I just can't, I can't promise somebody, you know, like to be the president of college Charleston, but I can promise them, you know, like, ambassadorship to Daniel Island. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Well, I can't wait, um, till you yeah. win that election. I feel and like, I feel wants- like all the things that bother me in my day to day life are going to be, are going to be fixed because they are, I mean, typically whenever an election happens, you know, I wake up the next morning and absolutely everything is different. Either my life is terrible or wonderful depending upon right. who wins. So this, this is going to be big. It's going to be big. And you know, if anyone out there wants to vote for me, you can either write me in, um, or you can abstain from voting. <laughs> and then, and then we're going to tally them up and see who has the most votes. It's, it's you've made it so convenient. I really wish right. more yeah, candidates so would, would do there's that. No way, there's no way I can lose with that strategy. All right. I'm going to ask you two quick questions before we go. Uh, sure. the first one, 
who should not go into comedy? Um, people who, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I, I have comedians I don't like. I don't like it when, I mean, mainly just because like I, I see a tendency of mine to be, you know, to do this. But um, people shouldn't go into it uh, to, um, as a form of propaganda. I think that's really a really really dangerous thing. Um, but other than that, I mean, anybody should. I mean, not anyone can do it, but yeah, uh, I hope that they well, the prerequisite should at least be that they're funny. That they're funny, or that they're you know um, good writers. Uh, like they don't have to necessarily be funny in person, um, but they should be you know. And uh, but yeah, that's I mean, you can do whatever. So if you got one bit to uh to recommend if i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna watch one you know on youtube or whatever something that's that's widely available stand up bit um you know what are you gonna recommend that i go watch oh man i don't know you, you can i mean what like what's your go-to what if you only had you know you got to watch one one more what would you pick do you have a favorite um man i mean i think uh um Hannibal Burris's album, you mean of me or of just anyone? I mean, Hannibal Burris's album, Animal Animal Furnace, is just really, really funny. Okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'd I'd have to think more about that. And, of course, all of your comedy. Do you have have anything available uh, that people could go watch some of your stand-up stuff? Yeah, just search for Jerry McClellan on on YouTube. And there's a McClellan for Mayor thing on there, but you'll be able to find the the actual stand-up comedy. So I, I haven't put anything up in a while, but um, if anyone in Charleston wants to come see me, I'll be at Theater 99. Oh, I'll, I'll be at Redux doing a sketch comedy show on Friday night. And then... Well, uh, this will probably this will probably air uh, oh, okay. a couple weeks from now, I'm thinking. Well, so well, if you're listening, just if you're in Charleston, yeah, just follow Jeremy on Facebook because he's always doing a show yeah. somewhere. And uh, if you come into Charleston... Um, Find find out where he is. Find Jeremy McClellan. Uh, look him up. Go see him. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I had a blast. Uh, well, again, Jeremy McClellan. And any, I don't know, I cut you off. You started to say something. Any parting words? Um, No, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was it, huh? That's it, that's it yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, it was a bad ending on my end, too. So I'll see you. <laughs> hey, thanks. Right.